It is Friday. Thank goodness, right? February 26th. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another edition of 10,000 Pitches presented by Stimulus Athletic. If you are a soccer, baseball, basketball, even ultimate Frisbee club, and you're kind of looking for, okay, who's going to make our jerseys this year? Who is going to outfit us with quality on-field court, off-field court apparel? Look no further than Stimulus Athletic. It's such an easy process, and they provide you with quality uniforms, jerseys, sweatshirts, pants, whatever you need to outfit your club. Stimulus can do it, and they do it with quality apparel at very affordable prices. Jason and the team at Stimulus are so awesome. They work with the likes of Minneapolis City, Dynamo FC, St. Cloud, Livonia FC in Michigan, so many more great clubs locally and nationwide utilize Stimulus Athletic for their apparel, and you should too. So go to StimulusAthletic.com, click that Design tab, click that Get Started button. If you already have a design, maybe you have a designer, maybe you are a designer, and you already kind of had the look you want, that's fine. Stimulus can bring it to life. If you don't already have a design, that is fine too because Stimulus has an awesome design team. And when I say awesome, I mean an awesome design team that can hook you up with the look you need, again, on quality jerseys and apparel. So go to StimulusAthletic.com, click that design tab, click that get started button, and make sure you let them know Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. All right, here we go. Welcome, 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 welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. What's going on? Jeremy Rushing hanging out with you now for episode 38. And of course, as always, we're presented by our friends at Stimulus Athletic. Visit StimulusAthletic.com to outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. Um, again, episode 38, can't thank you enough for helping us get this far. And if you haven't already, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if that platform allows you to leave a rating and review, we ask that you please do so as well. So that way Ethan can, uh, read it on a future episode, uh, of 10,000 pitches. Um, speaking of us, you can also follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at 10 K pitches. Um, last week had an awesome interview with Eagle Time Soccer's Matt Pervatsky talking all things go for soccer and previewing some uh, women's college soccer headlines across the state. So go back and listen to that episode if you have not. Also recently, Batoa FC's Josh Ramp, Johnny Zhang, and David Ripplinger have joined us. And we also had a few weeks back Minneapolis City and McAllister College assistant coach and go for women's soccer alum Tori Burnett. Uh, as well. So uh, some great guests over the last few weeks, over the last few episodes of 10K. So like I said, if you have not, uh, feel free to go back and listen to those. Uh, today, though, a great conversation with Futsal Society founder, Caleb Crossley. Yes, we are back to talking futsal this week. Excellent conversation with Caleb about just you know futsal in general, but also its presence in the Twin Cities and what they have going on uh, coming up here in 2021 in the Futsal Society. So Excellent conversation with Caleb coming up a little later on in the show. But as always, before that, got to welcome in Mr. Ethan Brandt. Ethan, what is up? Hello, hello, hello. Um, what's going on, Jeremy? Uh, not too much. Uh, you know, very 2021 energy here. We are uh, basically our main topic of discussion is going to be a game of FIFA this week. So big things happen. Yeah, I would, I would expect nothing less. Um, you like how I flipped the script there? You asked me what's going on, then I didn't respond. Asked you what's you, going you, on. You you responded 
to a question with another question. That's that's real. It's real deflecting. There. It's a lot tougher on that end, right? Trying to come up with what is going on. But you, but I did it. So you you did a better job than I normally do, and I would have done this week. Um, what what I had teed up uh for that question before I flipped it was new Drake uh today. Ooh. Um, I don't know if I, I did not know that. that. I mean, I'm not really up on the uh on the contemporary hip-hop scene so yeah i didn't know you were a drake guy i'm i'm a drake guy i don't know if i've mentioned that before but i mean you're uh, a raptors guy so i kind of figured you're of a course guy. um the raptors didn't get an all-star named um the celtics got two and they have a worse record right now than the raptors but we won't go into we don't how need to petty are that. you about that you don't have to go into it but just on a scale of one to ten where's your like petty level at with that um okay i'm gonna i'll like probably like an eight eight out of ten yeah but but like that's also but honestly like i'm not even upset that they're not going because like i think the all-star game shouldn't be played this year like i don't think the the players don't want to be there i don't think there's a lot of fan interest this year and even like the mayor of atlanta said like she doesn't really want it to happen this year just with like covid and everything going on um so honestly the fact that none of the raptors are going like i'm not i'm not too upset and like Cause I don't even think a lot of the players want to be there. Like, obviously it's cool to get named, but I don't think they want to play. Um, I don't know. I'm just speaking from what I heard from like Giannis and LeBron both said that. Um, but no, I think, I think Fred Van Vliet has made a more than, uh, you know, worthy case to be an all-star this year. Um, but you know, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, and then lastly, the other thing I was going to say was, uh, uh, Star Wars Republic Commandos is getting remastered for the PS4 Ooh. like later this year. Did, have you played that? Do you like Star Wars? I played I played the Battlefront games. Oh, okay. but I don't I don't know what Republic Commandos is. Yeah, it was it was a great game. Um, I don't know. I I don't think our demographic of listeners is going to cross over into those that would have played Star Wars Republic Commandos growing up. I don't know, man. We, I feel like the more outlandish we get and the more crazy topics we talk about, the more interest that our podcast brings. Like talking to Matt last week, he like said something like, oh, this might be too in the weeds for you. I'm like, that, that limit does not exist. Like we Thank live you. in the weeds on this podcast. So yeah, it's very, if we, get the, if we get out of the weeds, we're doing something weird. Uh, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, no, great game from like the early 2000s. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I don't know. I won't go too much into it because like you haven't played it. And like you probably like there's a lot of like, I don't know. I don't know. I won't go too much into it. You'll have to send me a link, like a Wikipedia link or something so I can I can look it, at it. It's gas. It is. It's it's gas. Top five game for me all time. I'm not a big gamer okay. though. But, okay. um, but anyways, that's how I would have answered the question when you asked me what's going on. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm glad I flipped it so you answered it because I think your response is much better. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Ethan, before we uh, get into some lower league e-cup stuff, speaking of video games, uh, talk about what we have going on with Pato FC. I was just going to comment on what a great segue from video games to video games. I sort of made that connection earlier. Anyways, Bateau FC, uh, Batoshop.com, B A T. E-A-U-X-F-C shop.com. 
Um, we got a lot of exciting stuff up there right now. More stuff on the way. The 715 um, hoodie is awesome. Like that is just such a clean look. It's a great look. It. Um, they got a great area code in Bateau. And actually, I think that's like most of northern Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, I'm glad Bateau got it. Um, <laughs> use code POD for 10% off your first order. Um, and actually, I guess this comes out on Friday, so there should be new designs, uh, new new products up there on Friday, so the day you're listening. Yeah, and if you missed out, uh, Bateau FC actually was giving away one of those 715 hoodies on Twitter, uh, and I don't think that that's the last giveaway that they're going to be doing as far as merch goes. So follow them on Twitter at Bateau FC, follow us on Twitter at 10K Pitches. Um, to get all the details on what's new with BateauFCShop.com, but also how you could potentially score some merch for free via giveaway. All right, here's that video game to video game segue you love so much, Ethan. Uh, 2021 Lower League E-Cup, here's your updates. Uh, Labara 608, the Ford Madison uh, supporters group, did fall to Space United FC. Space Force uh, came out victorious, Ethan. Uh, and that one in the uh, PlayStation Second Division final, but still a great run for the uh, for the Mingo supporters there. I heard, yeah, I've heard uh, Steve Carell is disgusting on the sticks, and he uh, he pulled out another one. Not shocked. He's gonna be there for the victory parade. I've heard for wherever Space United FC is. Um, I'd expect nothing else. He's, he's Steve Carell. He uh, <laughs> plays for them. And then the big one tonight, which is the reason why we're recording so late. Yes, we push back our recording for this FIFA match. That's big. It's big. You know it's a big one when we do that. Uh, Minneapolis City and Ford Madison. Uh, Max Stiegwert, uh and Minneapolis City won 10-4 on aggregate. Just a dominant performance from Max over uh, Evan Warwick of Ford Madison. So he will now play the winner of DeKalb County and Metro Louisville in the Xbox Premier Division final. And it would be very cool, actually, if we got Minneapolis City and DeKalb County in that final. Yeah, that would, that would be awesome. Both friends of the pod. Um, so with, with, uh, with, uh, with Minneapolis beating Ford Madison, it's like some, some bird on bird, uh, you know, crime. The crows over the Mingos. Yeah. yeah. I, found, I don't know if, uh, if you guys saw this who follow uh, at 10K pitches on Twitter, but I just found a random picture of a flamingo and a bird and a crow in the same picture on Google. And I probably, probably illegally uh, tweeted it to the, to the 10K account. So I thought that was funny. Um, what's your, what, give, give us your list. What's your top three favorite birds? Well, number one's a Cardinal because I'm a Cardinals fan. Uh, and also Cardinals are just freaking awesome. If you ever see one, you're like, holy cow, that's a Cardinal, you know, the red ones, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Red yeah. Reds. No, those are crazy. Nothing like driving in like any given subdivision, just seeing a red Cardinal, you know, <laughs> any given subdivision. That's the that's sequel. Right, that's to, that's the sequel see. to any given Sunday. I've never seen a Cardinal, not in a subdivision, like a suburban area. Never in my life. I mean, I did not grow up in a suburban area but I grew up in like a neighborhood that I guess would be kind of similar to what a normal suburban neighborhood would look like. And yeah, we saw some Cardinals every now and then. So what, what, what do you mean? You didn't grow up in a suburban area, but you grew up in a suburb. What a suburban So I grew area. up in, I, so you have, in order to be a suburban area, you have to be near a big city. I did not grow up near a big city. I grew up in, in its own area and 
like the quad cities as its own area but well, i get yeah that's what i meant i didn't okay. i didn't necessarily mean like the like a like a suburban area i just meant like you know like i don't know like what defines this like white like i don't know it has white to be in a suburb different. for it to be a suburban area ethan well no it i <laughs> i don't think i know the name of what i'm trying to say like it's a suburb or oh no like subdivision suburb it's a suburban like suburban area like you have urban and then you have suburban so i was talking about suburban <laughs> not rural and not 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 rural not urban but suburban and not necessarily a big city but anyways okay cardinals are cool okay bird two cardinal one uh probably i don't know mallard two because we also had some mallards where i grew up and actually our hockey team back home is named the quad city mallards like a duck you yeah mean like a duck yeah they're cool looking they have like the white stripe down the side they're pretty dope okay, okay. i don't know if i'm sold there but okay keep going and then third would be a um an emu i don't know if emus are birds but they're cool um okay i got a much better list um okay Let's one see. penguin penguins are not birds the, come on they don't come fly on. That's not no penguins are birds. I mean, they don't need. I guess egg. technically they are, but like it's I don't know, they're flightless birds. birds, which aren't the, aren't aren't birds to me. Here we go. Here we go. According to NationalGeographic.com, friend of the pod, penguins are flightless seabirds. So yes, they're birds. Okay, number two, ostriches. Ostriches are cool. That's, a, that's a, cool. as an honorable mention for my list. Um, okay, of course it should be. Um, and then lastly, um, the pterodactyl. That's a dinosaur. <laughs> First of all, you told it's me not a, a bird. Two of your three are not birds. It's a bird. I, I also also here's a fun one. Can you spell pterodactyl? P okay, never mind. The P was the hard one. I wouldn't have gotten that. You got it. So it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Um I'm I'm actually a really decent speller. So yeah. Ever ever make the spelling bee as a kid or no? So the only time I was ever in a spelling bee, I completely shat the bed. Same. Like I what's ironic is I misspelled lime L-A-M-E. Lame. That's you deserve to lose. Uh, yeah, that's coming. Yes, that's awful. yes, I did. Um, yeah, I, I crumbled under the pressure. So, but at, yeah. um, when I was in like elementary, middle school, um, uh, it was at like two different buildings, like, and for the big spelling bee, like the top, you know, two kids from each grade would go to the big one. So mm. we'd, but everybody would bus over to the middle school, you know. So that's like a big deal, you know, when yeah. you're in elementary school um so we're all busting over to the middle school and uh there's this one kid in my grade that was nuts like regional attendee every year nuts and uh and uh so anyways you know like the whole like fifth grade class is there and uh this guy andrew he's up there just you know spelling words left and right like like Mm -hmm. a cowboy you know just pulling like revolvers out of the holster just bang 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 you know spelling words um and uh and he won it one year, like as a fifth grader, you know, he beat all these eighth graders 
and uh, I and uh, it was gaff. It's like we're, we all go nuts because he spells like I don't like I don't know what word it was like cantaloupe. Right. And, you know, says the final like letter and they're like, congratulations, Andrew. And like he's just up there, gives out like a Tiger Woods. Um, this bump. Yeah. Like also hopefully Tiger Woods is OK, but like gives out a Tiger Woods fifth bump. The whole fifth grade class goes nuts. Like I I, I've never, I don't think I'm ever going to feel what Andrew felt in that moment. And I just, man, I've been chasing that my whole life. I had a similar experience with the, uh, free throw shooting contest. Oh, okay. Of course. So you had like the school winner and the school winners would go to like the district wide contest. And so I just like dominated the school portion. Like you had to shoot like 50 free throws and I made like 45 of them. Like it was just nuts. So I like one running away. So then I go to the, like the, the city one. And again, just completely cracked under the pressure. Like I probably, again, you shoot 50 free throws. I maybe made 30 of them. Like it was just, it was not great for your boy. That's, that's tough. Um, mm-hmm. Always. But I, I don't know. Something about spelling words, right? Like that, I don't know. That hits a little different than any athletic competition you can. I don't know. True. I don't, it's int- I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't. I don't spell things right. Like you've pulled multiple of my tweets down because I like misspell like sound or like here. Yeah. But, it's but a eight, grammar thing. You're like there, there, there. Your, your. Here and here. Here um, and here. The classic here and here. H e a r versus h e r e. You know, classic it's just minor grammar issues. It's not like glaring spelling errors. Anyways, I can't spell. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I've never had that feeling. Um, I don't know. That's anyways, okay. that's what spell checks for. Anyways, birds, that's what Grammarly's uh, for. Download the Grammarly extension. Shout out Grammarly. Feel free to sponsor this podcast. Sponsor. We do good ads. Um, we do. Okay. We do. And this basically was an ad for Grammarly. What you just heard was basically an ad for Grammarly. That's right. That was, we were playing the long game. Chess, baby. <laughs> Chess. So, yeah, again, uh, winner of DeKalb County and Metro Louisville will play uh, Minneapolis City in the Lower League E-Cup Xbox Division Final. Um, I guess I could check their Twitter. I could check their Twitter. I'm I don't know it. when exactly the uh, final will be. It may depend on, uh, on who comes out of that DeKalb-Louisville matchup in terms of availability and stuff. Speaking of, have oh, you I, seen I, this? People talking about this E seventeen seventy six FIFA league. It's like no, a bunch of players in the lower league E Cup are like going to be playing in this. Evidently, after this, interesting. Yeah, no, sorry to shut you down there, but no, that's, I a, that's okay. I, I just, I just I saw think... it come up in my in our notifications. So, this... oh, okay. Anyways, that's cool. I know yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. Okay. Let's move to soccer happening actually on the field. Uh, Minneapolis City uh, began their futures league. Uh, if you haven't already heard, had their first match day on the 22nd, which was Monday. So you had one match that ended 8 0. Uh, Powderhorn AFC and Northeast Wanderers. Powderhorn AFC uh, had the eight. Northeast Wanderers, unfortunately, had the nil. Uh, then you had another match that ended 5 5. So a lot of goals. One match, very one-sided. The other match came out even between uh, that second match between Near North and the Riverside Rovers. So that was match day one. Um, and then they'll play again here in a couple weeks on March 8th. Um, so that's the next one. And then the Futures League goes all the way through Memorial Day with the uh, playoffs happening uh, throughout the month of June. 
I was on NPR City Futures Twitter to like try to add a little, you know, pazing to the to the seg here. Seg yeah. is short for segment, not stegosaur. You thought that? I couldn't. Um, I couldn't tell if you said sag or seg. So I was like, yeah, I, I wish I wouldn't have said it. It came out, but I wish I wouldn't have said it. Um, I'm and I'm, I'm not editing this out. By the way, I'm leaving it in. I I really wish I wouldn't have said that. It was a stupid abbreviation, but um. All that to say, I got an ad on their on their Twitter, as Twitter does, uh, for the Kelly Clarkson show. And apparently it's like on Thursdays or something. I don't know. I just saw that and thought I should mention that. Shout out Kelly Clarkson. She's, she's very good at singing. She's interviewing Dr. Jill Biden. That's cool. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think I'm going to watch that. That's like show. one of those like daytime shows, right? Well, it's on Thursdays. Like it's probably um, on like after Dr. Phil or something. Um, I don't know. They 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 put out good content like on their Twitter. Well, it's not good. It's fine. Um, I I'm not that intrigued. Anyways, uh, yeah, Thursdays. I guess I don't know the time. Ah, uh, Kelly Clarkson. Okay. Yep. Sorry, but but futures. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. So yeah, that's the futures league. March eighth is match day two for that and again things run through the end of june and you can actually watch the games so uh minneapolis city has partnered with a company called vo it's actually you can actually watch these future league futures league games online or if you miss the games you can actually go back and watch them um after the fact pretty cool uh so just follow uh mpls city futures on twitter for all that information but kind of cool you can actually take in some live uh some live local soccer um because obviously you can't be there to watch it in person right now so that's pretty cool. Um, so Ford Madison, like we said, virtually lost to Minneapolis City uh, in the lower league E-Cup, but non-virtually uh, getting a lot of press, a lot of national press. Um, as you recall, they named their cow Rose Cowbell after Rose Lavelle. And uh, they actually got a shout out from uh, ESPN's Taylor Twelman, uh, who interviewed Rose on Sports Nation. I believe that was today. I think it was actually yesterday, uh, Tuesday, interviewed her. And, uh, yeah, uh, she gave, uh, Ford Madison a big shout out for, uh, naming the cow after her and, uh, got a little bit of press. So very cool to see that, uh, see that happening and, uh, you know, see Taylor Twelman have to talk about USL soccer is actually kind of cool. Yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, did, did you see the new, um, team USA jerseys up the thieves won't die. It won't die. The hashtag will live forever. I'm just um, kidding. They're actually pretty dope. It's, it's, I it's thought cool. they were cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, cool. And again, they have that same kind of pattern that, uh, you know, Manchester United used and Minneapolis City has used in the past. Uh, but um, yeah, no, they look, they look really cool. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see those. And if they took any inspiration at all from Minneapolis City, I think that's awesome. Have you watched any of the She Believes Cup? Uh, I saw the first match between USA and Canada a little bit. Um, I think we're seeing sort of a transition period with the U.S. women's national team, not to get too in-depth on the U.S. women's national team, but I think we're at the point now where, like, yeah, you have the Olympics this year, but, like, when you're talking about, like, the next World Cup run and, like, looking ahead to, like, what's next and what's big in the future of U.S. women's soccer, I really don't think it includes, you know, your your Megan Rapinos or your Hope Solos or your, you know, 
some of those more seasoned veterans on the club. I think you're starting to see a bit of a transition from them to, to the newer guards. So if you are a U.S. women's national team fan and you love some of those, like, like Carly Lloyd's in her upper thirties, like if you want to see some of those players, you need to like watch them now because they are sort of very, very soon. They'll be making room for, for the newer, the newer crop of uh, U.S. players. I think like they're gonna play. The, you think they're playing the Olympics this summer? Like you think? Man, I don't know. I think so. I think, I think that if the vaccination trend continues, because it's on a very upward trajectory right now. Like two weeks ago, it didn't look like this, but now it's kind of on a very upward trajectory. I think we'll get to a point where they can hold the Olympics. I don't know. I I doubt they'll be able to have you know, capacity crowds or anything like that, but I think they will. I think. Yeah. 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 I, it seems like it. Um, uh, I know for bat, I think basketball is going to be cutting it close. Like they just announced like the second half of the NBA schedule. And like, I don't know, it's going to be close for like, can NBA players like play in the Olympics? Yeah. That's, that's interesting to think about too. Like pro sports that are going on right now. Uh, yeah, America, I'm, I'm sure like the impact of them having to go to the Olympics, like that's not something that people are really talking about. But like, I mean, how many people are going to opt out, right? Like, you know, right. I'm sure a ton of NBA players and uh, quite a few other professional players across other sports will decide to opt out for obvious reasons. So, how will that impact everything? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, and uh, I don't know. It's crazy to think that it, like they might actually happen. But I guess yeah, we will I see. Know. It's especially now, because like, hopefully it, this continues the way we hope it does. And by the summer, we're in a really good spot. But that's what, five months away, five, six I months know. away. Like, right. You know, I don't know. I've, I'm very hesitant to sort of bank on that right now because you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, it's crazy. My dad got his first uh, vaccine shot last week. So that's yeah. encouraging. Did he did he did he like feel sick or anything? Like I don't think so. He didn't okay. tell me he did. He just he texted me the like the night like the day after he's like, hey, I got my shot, but I haven't really talked to him since. So he yeah. may have. I've heard of like a lot of people having like minor symptoms after, right? But like nothing crazy. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard a mixed bag of like some people get like feel not good, like really not good, but uh yeah. That that'd be unfortunate. Like I see, like for the better, but still be unfortunate. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. All right. Anyways, uh, yeah. Let's maybe not dive too much into the vaccines because neither of us are experts on that topic. Um, now let's get to somebody who is an expert in the topic of futsal. Uh, if you recall, a few weeks back. We talked with TC Soul Futsal Chief Visionary Officer Mario Wimberly, um, and we're going to continue that futsal conversation now with founder of the Futsal Society here in the Twin Cities, Mr. Caleb Crossley. Great interview here. Hope you enjoy it. Ethan and I will be back on the other side. All right, now it's time to welcome in a very, very good friend of us on social media, and now we bring him in to uh, actually talk on the podcast itself. It's the founder and owner of the Futsal Society in Minneapolis, Caleb Crossley. Caleb, thank you so much for taking the time to join the show this week. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. It's uh, it's it's great to be on, and it's it seems like you've been having some great conversations with uh, some other folks, uh, you know, all over. So yeah, glad to be a part of it. 
Well, I'm glad to have you part of it. I'm glad to kind of integrate you into what we're doing here. Um, so first off, uh, as I always do, I just kind of want to start by asking you about your personal background in soccer, kind of how you got introduced to the game, your upbringing in soccer, and then how you got uh, how you got introduced and involved in futsal as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so originally I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, and my first introduction to soccer was you know, five years old, just playing for my um, elementary elementary school team, the Leapers, coach, coached by my dad and an, another player's mom, um, you know, and I, I just fell in, fell in love from the sport or with the sport from there. And, you know, as, as I, as I continued, I played, I played in high school and I played, played pretty high level club in Wisconsin. And I think, I think I'll be, I'll be playing for the, for the rest of my life. It's a game I have a, you know, huge connection to and passion for. So it's something that I'm going to continue with until I'm until I'm old. Um, I was uh, I was introduced to I was introduced to futsal. Um, I'd never played before, kind of in my you know when I was younger, and uh, I was introduced to it while in Brazil, uh, Belo Horizonte, Brazil, um, for a year during college, where I when I was studying there, um, and I brought my the the, the story I always tells. I brought my I brought my boots, I brought my cleats, but I never, I never played soccer once. I just, we always, we always played um, futsal, whether it was, you know, pick up or on a school team. And it was something that I just was immediately attracted to and just loved this, loved the style of play. Just loved, loved, loved all the creativity and just freedom um, involved. And it's something that I, you know, now, you know, that, that being, you know, over 10 years ago, um, you know, I, now I see futsal really kind of coming up, you know, more and more, you know, as you know, in the United States, you know, and here specifically in the Twin Cities, um, just it being a cold place and, you know, not not having, you know, access necessarily to to domes or, you know, playing outside. And so I think it's a it's a great it's a great, you know, additive to the to the soccer community. If you had a preference on on what you like to play more right now, is it soccer or, fo- or futsal? I think it's got to be futsal at this point. But I'm forever, forever a soccer player. I mean, I think, I think, I think there's, I think there's huge advantages to futsal just in terms with you know, I think being more accessible, easier to get kids, people playing. You need less space. Yep. Um, you know, less less people to play itself. But I. Forever, forever a soccer player. 11, 11, 11 is the pure, is the okay. pure, uh, pure game, pure the purity of the game. <laughs> love it. Love it. For someone like me, I, I'm 29. I've, you know, I've never really played organized soccer in my life. Always been fascinated by the sport, obviously, you know, starting this podcast, very passionate about it, but I've never, I never really played. So getting involved in futsal right away, like jumping straight to futsal, would that be a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, opening experience for me? Would you recommend I get involved in soccer first or how, how would you recommend somebody like me, somebody like me gets involved? You know what? I think, I think, um, I think you'd be absolutely you'd be absolutely fit to go play futsal tonight if you wanted to. Okay. I think, I think it's, I think, um, you know, and it's, uh, it can be, it can be technically, you know, challenging, I think to begin with just because you're in a, you're in a more confined space, a smaller area. Yeah. You're having to, you're having to think, think quick. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that part, that part will, 
will prove cha a challenge at the beginning. But I think, but I think if you find the right group, you know, I think, I think it, there could be, there could be magic there. I think I'd be more, you know, okay, pass me the ball, but then how do I get it to the next person without messing up? Right. The, the littlest dribbling <laughs> I have to do is, po you know, as possible. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with. Um, right. So like, like I said, you're the founder and owner of Futsal Society, uh, which is doing a lot of great things in the Whittier neighborhood of Minneapolis. So, so how did this come together? What exactly is it? And, and uh, you know, how does it get more people involved with the sport? Yeah, so um, Futsal, Society, Futsal Society, excuse me, started um, five years ago uh, when a group of friends, we just had a group of friends uh, living here after after college, I moved, I moved to Minneapolis. I've been living here ever since. So 10 years, I'm 31 now. Um, and about, about five years ago, we, uh, a group of friends, you know, who just like to play soccer, you know, that was something that we, you know, played pickup in college with and just continued on. It was just kind of a constant in our lives. Um, we saw <clears throat> or some of, one of us saw the sign at Whittier Park, just driving by on uh, 26 there. And it said, and it said indoor soccer or adult indoor soccer, six thirty to nine for five bucks on Thursdays. And so, you know, hit up the group text. Like everyone was like, all right, yeah, let's go do it. Like, you know, let's see what's, you know, you know, everyone was excited and we get there and no one, no one was there. It was yeah. dead. And so, you know, kind of from that, from that point on, we kind of made it ours. And so, you know, we just began playing, playing on Thursdays for, for five bucks as a group of adults. Um, and then from there, um, I was, I was actually working at Ann Watton middle school, um, at the time. And I, in, on the North side, and I met, I met, I met this boy Bashar Muhammad when he was, when he was, uh, in seventh grade and, uh, he was looking for opportunities to play and he, he was actually looking or interested in putting a team in to, uh, to a little futsal league in one of the Latino leagues over on, uh, or Moyes, Moyes in a Moyes league over at green central mm -hmm. in South, uh, in South Minneapolis. And so we ended up putting a team in, he organized, I coached, um, ended up, ended up winning the league as you, as you know it. And then, uh, yes. we, we, <laughs> and we ended up, we ended up, uh, we ended up doing it again the following year in, uh, they put a team in called the uh, Somali Stars, which was led by Bashar and some of his other friends. Um, and we we played in the league again um, on Saturdays and Sundays, Saturday and Sunday mornings over 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 at Green Central. And from there, we just we kind of realized, you know, why why isn't this something that we could do for our own? Like we have enough boys interested, um, you know, to form a league of our own. I think, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's definitely pluses, pluses and minus, minuses in, in, in playing in a league like Moyes over at Green Central. You know, there were times when just things were, things were unorganized or trying to, you know, over, trying to overcharge us or just kind of little, little things that, you know, we found to be kind of unfair and opportune at times. So we said, you know, why don't we start a league? So three years ago, we started, we started a league for high schoolers um, at Whittier, um, on the weekends. And we also, and we also started providing, uh, like pickup opportunities for, for kids. So we started that three years ago. I've continued on this year, this year, we're doing the league again for the, for the third year. 
Um, we got a, we have 100 120 kids participating. Um, I think it's really interesting kind of who's, who's participating. It's 90, 92% of the participants were born outside the U S and they rep they rep or they're born in 14 different countries across five continents. They, they represent 20 different high schools. So I think to me, I think that's, that's, that's really symbolic. Cause I think it's, it's a lot of kids who are really, really passionate about it. And I think also don't might not get other opportunities to play. Um, so I'm really proud. I'm really proud of that. And that's something that I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, continuing this year, you know, ca cautiously optimistic, just considering we're still in the midst of a global yeah. pandemic, but um, it's something I'm continue or it's something I'm looking forward to continuing on with and also providing, you know, some pickup opportunities to kids as well. So I think, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest thing that I think we're trying to do, you know, as a, as a club, as a group organization is to provide free opportunities for, for kids to play, to play soccer and to play, to play futsal. Um, I just think it's, I just think it's something that's really, that's really important to me to be able to provide, to, to provide that experience to, to kids who have all the passion for the sport, but might face other barriers in playing. Talking with uh, Mario from TC Soul a few weeks back, he uh, echoed a lot of what you're saying in terms of the accessibility piece and how important that is to, you know, uh, allow people from these neighborhoods and all these backgrounds and all these walks of life to have that access to be able to play this kind of sport and kind of get introduced to maybe soccer through futsal. Um, but the casual athlete and the casual sports fan, I still feels like soccer itself is very boring, right? You know, very little scoring, not a lot happening, you know, between attack and stuff like that, where futsal very much more fast paced, very much more high scoring. Are you seeing futsal being kind of more appealing to these kids you're working with as opposed to traditional soccer because of those aspects that I just mentioned? Good question. I think, I think, I think there's, there's definitely truth to that. I think it's, and it's exciting in a, you know, it's a fun, fast paced, fast paced game, you know, with, you know, lots of opportunities for, to be creative and to score goals. I think, I think before, before that is, is, uh, I think these kids or a lot of these kids are, are just looking for any opportunity of any kind to play. So I don't think it's, it's not up to, or it's not, it's not a futsal versus soccer per, per se. I just think there's kids, there's kids who have never played on a team before, but could talk, talk to you about the EPL and, you know, yep. debate you Messi versus Cristiano for, for days, you know? Yep. So it's the passion, the passion and like the want is there. I just think there's, there's a lot of barriers in the way, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a, you know, getting ride or ride or transportation, you know, absolutely cost. I think, you know, the youth, the youth soccer scene is, 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 is very much a, an industry at this point. And I think there's, you know, there's plenty of examples. If you want to, if you want to play outside of, you know, park board or high school or, you know, middle school soccer, you know, organized by schools or parks, you're going to you're going to an independent club that can be charging you know upwards of 
you know, $2,000, $5,000, $6,000 just to play. And if you have a family who's, you know, who's, who's making, you know, 25000 a year as a household, that's, that's, that's out of the question. It's not realistic at all. Yeah. So I think, so I think, the, you know, just, just, just to go along with that, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to criticize the effort of any, of any, of any youth, you know, soccer organization who's getting kids involved and teaching about teaching about, you know, teamwork, communication, leadership, all those just lifelong values that I feel like I really, I really benefited from, you know, playing, playing, you know, youth sports, youth soccer. I just think the baseline, or I would, I would like to see the baseline, you know, price decrease and, and, and for that, just for that to be less of a barrier. Cause I know there, you know, some of those clubs that are charging a lot, do, you know, do, do, do a decent job with providing scholarships, but that's only, you know, to, to it a only goes so far, more, right? Well, it, exactly. It can only go so far and it might only go to that player. Who's, who's, who's the most talented when there's, you know, 10 other players who are, you know, just as passionate and loving of the game who are, are missing out on that opportunity. Yeah. I think that financial barrier is the, is the largest barrier, you know, that, that prevents a lot of these kids from these, these areas or, you know, certain income levels to, you know, lose out on those potential opportunities. And I think it's both, it's both those individuals, it's those families, it's those communities and it's soccer in general that, that does pay for it and does miss out. You know, I mean, it would be, it would be beneficial all around to have more people have access to the game. Right. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, trying to bring in new talent, if you're a U.S. soccer, for example, and trying to evaluate more talent, well, more accessibility will give you the opportunity to look at more talent, right. Or to bring in people who can potentially, uh, you know, reach that threshold. So, you know, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I think there's one thing I've learned from starting this podcast from people like you who are involved in these communities and these areas that are most impacted. It's that we still have a long way to go in terms of making, you know, having soccer be accessible. So we can have something soccer related like futsal, you know, to provide that accessibility piece that can at least be the first step. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think, and I think that's, that's, that's kind of our angle and, you know, my my angle in thinking about this, I think, you know, especially, you know, I think just space is at a space is at a premium, you know, here in here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, you know, there's only, there's only, there's only, only so many plays, places you can go play 11 and 11, you know, and that, that, that decreases even further, you know, in the, in the winter time. So I just think it's, well, then you're talking you know, about more financial hurdles, right? I mean, how much does it cost to rent an 11 v 11 pitch, you know, indoor pitch during the winter, like that's at a premium too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think it's just trying, it's trying to be creative with, you know, what resources we have, whether, you know, through like, you know, a, a gym with a park board, you know, or a gym with, you know, maybe a school, you know, I think there's, there's, there's difficulty with that. Cause you're always, you're also competing with space for, uh, you know, other sports. But I think mm-hmm. to me, it's more, it's, you know, it's more realistic. It's more cost-effective kind of, as you mentioned. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's also in, in, in these neighborhoods where, where kids are, kids are living and they're not out, you know, in the suburbs or, you know, or, a, you know, a, further drive away. Exactly. Um, 
what is futsal's potential independent from soccer? Like futsal as an independent sport, you know, where, where do you see its potential in terms of where it could stand in the American sports landscape? I mean, Mario, a few weeks back talked about futsal, you know, it's a potential to be introduced as an Olympic sport. It's potential to be an independent college sport. When you look at five, 10 years down the line, what is that potential when you're looking at strictly futsal kind of independent from soccer? That's a good, it's a good question. I'm not, I, I guess I would say I'm not as I'm not as um, I'm not as in the know I would say as far as 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 far as that question goes. But my I mean I think it's I think it's hugely growing in popularity, and I think there's there's more and more people who are who are getting more interested in it. And I know there's also you know examples of you know kids who prefer it to soccer. You know, whereas kind of in my in my head I I use it more as a or I think of it more as a, you know, kind of something that can help you, you know, play more soccer or it can help you, you know, uh, you know, think quicker and, you know, develop technical, uh, develop your technical ability as a, as a soccer player. So, I mean, I think, I think it's, I think it's growing and, you know, it's, we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next, you know, five or 10 years. Have you seen that in practice? Like, have you seen somebody kind of start in the, in the futsal society or have you seen somebody on a futsal court? And then have you seen them down the line, apply that to the soccer pitch and just, just kill it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think it's something that it really, I think it really helps you. I think it really helps you as a player. I think there's, you know, I think kind of, as I've, as I've mentioned, I think it really helps you technically and it helps you, it helps you with your touch. You know, it helps you. It helps you think think quickly in in uh, in pressure situations where there's you know a lot of pressure being provide provided. I think it's. I think it just it makes you it makes you you know take more take more risks um, because I think it's a smaller it's a smaller pitch and there's less there's less people to playing there's less people playing so you're you're forced into you know <clears throat> more situations you know than you would be maybe playing on a bigger size where you touch the bigger size field where you touch the ball less. So I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of, you know, kind of technical, um, you know, lessons that can be learned in futsal and applied, you know, in soccer for sure. Is there anything on the flip side, like can somebody easily develop any, any habits or anything that might be beneficial on the futsal court, but be more counterproductive on the, on the soccer pitch? Yes. I think dribbling. Yeah. You could come, yes. Come, come see the boys play sometime on, on Saturday and like, or excuse me, on uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, and you'll see you'll see just over dribbling. I think I think I think that can, I mean that can always you can always see that in different players, but I think that 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 tendency is you know is 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 a little more relevant in in futsal. Not a, not always, um, but I think that's something that can hurt you, you know, when you're you know when you're on when you're on this you know an eleven eleven. Um, you know, soccer field where, you know, if you're taking, if you're taking too many touches dancing on the ball, you know, when, 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 what the game is calling for to play one and two touch and play quick, it's, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna have, it's gonna have a negative effect on you and the team. I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions here, Caleb, because again, I'm coming into this almost, you know, I had that great conversation with Mario, like I said, uh, earlier here in, in, back in January, but I'm still a very ignorant, I feel like, when it comes to, to futsal. So I'm going to ask you a few rapid-fire questions here, just just kind of more curiosity questions. Uh, what's the highest-scoring football futsal match you've ever seen? 
I think 18 to two. Ooh. We were a part of at one point in time. Yeah. 20 combined yeah. goals. That's the, that's the most. Yeah, I think so. Wow. What's the lowest? Like, are there ever any like one nil futsal matches? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think really those like- are, those are a little more frustrating, a little more, you know, a little more, a little more uh, puzzle you know, kind of puzzle matches, but that definitely happens too. You know, when both teams are defending and staying tight and goalkeeper has a good game. Mm -hmm. Who's the, uh, who's the best futsal player you've ever seen in person? Best futsal player, best, best futsal player I've ever played with before was this guy named Mauricio when he was in Brazil. It was on, it was on the university team. He was the captain he chain smoked cigarettes at halftime <laughs> and he was, he he's, he's by far to this day, the best futsal player I've ever, I've ever seen play. Like just every, everything he did well, just was a leader, a number, mm-hmm. the number 10, like scored goals, defended ridiculous. Now, was he like a pro futsal player or was he just one of those guys, one of those like YMCA guys who just, who just killed it on the, on the rec pitch. So he, he played pro futsal, uh, and then our goalkeeper, Guilherme, played pro futsal too. Okay. So, Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Uh, what's the one thing that you, you, you mentioned, you know, playing guys from Brazil and stuff, what's the one thing that, that they do internationally with futsal that you think can easily be applied in America to really help grow the sport? Well, I think, I think, um, I think just places, places like La Dona Cerveceria mm-hmm. in on the north side places great like the podcast great friends of the yeah podcast. places place, places like ninth street uh coffee great friends I of the mean, podcast i mean to me i just think like those are those are places to me that are just so mm-hmm. such positive like no matter how you look at it it's 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 such a positive thing and to me to me just that it brings that culture that i think is so normal in you know a place like brazil or even other parts of the world where it's just like yeah, you know what? I go play like I I go play twice a week, twice out of the week with mm-hmm. you know these two different groups of friends, and we play for an hour, and then we and then we drink a beer and we mm-hmm. chat about you know whatever for an hour, and I just think that's like that to me was what I I I mean I just enjoyed that so much, you know, in my time in Brazil, and I just think that's 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 something that I think can have just such an impact and be such just really help just really helps the soccer culture here it's super exciting and reassuring to see places like that kind of popping up here in america because it it shows a that there's the interest there's enough of an interest in that right that people think that this can be a good good addition to their business but also it it shows that the owners from a financial standpoint like they wouldn't be investing their money in it if they didn't think it would work so that really is kind of reassuring in terms of where soccer stands in America compared to where it was even five, 10 years ago, that, that there's that confidence there from just a, like an ownership and a financial standpoint that like, okay, we're at a point where this is like an actual viable business model now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think you can tell, I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't, I haven't met Derek at this point, but hoping to, hoping to meet up this week. But I think like from, from an outsider's perspective, I think they're, they're having no problem getting people in the door and playing. And I think that's just a testament to, you know, how much, how much people love the game here and people, people, people love to play and people, people want that experience. Definitely. 
Uh, switching gears here, earlier this month, I don't know if you saw this, Caleb, but there was a change.org change petition making the rounds on Twitter uh, this week asking the USSF to officially add the youth and women's futsal programs to the existing men's futsal program that they kind of have under their umbrella. Um, I saw somewhat divided response on this. There was a, a majority of the feedback I saw was in favor, but I also saw some people saying that they don't want USSF fully adopting futsal at all these gender and age levels because they want it to remain independent from the American soccer system. Where do you kind of fall in this debate? And in America, where do you see futsal's, you know, futsal's presence? Where do you see it as more viable, you know, in conjunction with soccer or kind of independent? It's a good, it's a good question. I think I, I wasn't as familiar until you just, you know, mentioned it, you know, just before we started talking and, but I think um, just as a, as a general, as a, as a general rule, I would say I'm in favor of including, including more, you know, yeah, including like if they have one, they, they might as well have them all. Right. So exactly. And including, including in this case, youth and women, I think, I think, um, USSF hasn't done a good job in the past with with providing equal opportunity for men and women, and I think so. I think that's that's not the good that or that's not a good look to have. I think on their on their track record, and I don't I don't without knowing the argument, I don't really see an argument against um, including. And I think I think um, I definitely see them them going hand them going hand in hand. I think, I think, I think there's, you know, there's opportunities for both, you know, independently, but I think, you know, if, if, if a stranger who'd never ever heard of soccer or futsal saw the two, you know, playing at different times during the same day, they'd recognize both as soccer. Mm -hmm. um, kind of veering off, but kind of playing off, off what you just said there in terms of the twin cities and the, the futsal presence in the twin cities, is there, is there a strong female presence or is it, is it mostly men and where, you know, where's that youth presence sit right now in the twin cities? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of people who are playing, who are playing futsal in the twin, twin cities, men, women, um, youth, I think, I mean, there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of, um, independent leagues. There's all sorts of independent Latino leagues, um, you know, all over that are renting, you know, gyms, gyms, uh, you know, through, through the parks or through, or through high schools. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, 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 uh, the, the Minnesota futsal league at, at, uh, the YWCA, um, that Brian, Brian Katrina, the and folks, folks run. Um, you know, there's there's joy of the people. There's all those. There's all sorts of people playing, playing futsal. And I think the youth ranks, I think, are growing and seeing it as seeing it as something, um, just just another opportunity to play. Um, I think, <clears throat> I think in the women's side, it's growing too. There's all sorts of in any in any of the Latino leagues that. Uh, you know, men are playing. There's always there's always a women's league as well. So I I mean, there's it's more and more people are are playing and catching on. I think, and just looking 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 for places to play. Where is the futsal hotbed in America? 
the biggest one? Is it, is it California? Is it places where they can play outdoors year round? Or is it a place here like Minnesota, like, like where you said it's cold so long that you kind of have to find something to do indoors. And futsal is kind of, like you said, the most cost-effective way to kind of have that ball at your feet during the winter. So where is, where, where is futsal's presence in terms of like where it's the most popular here in America from what you've seen? It's a, it's a good question. I, I think, I think Minnesota, I think is a little late in catching on. I think, mm-hmm. I think we're getting there and I think their sport, this, the sport is growing, you know, especially when you consider living and living in such a cold split, cold place and having limited, you know, outdoor opportunities throughout the year. I think, I think some of the biggest places I think are, you know, Florida and Miami. I know there's, um, you know, clubs and organizations out of there. I know, I know Texas too, like city, city futsal in Texas, like has been doing it for years and is, has a big presence there. Um, I know in, in Portland too, Rose city futsal, they've been, they've been going for years. So I think like Minnesota, I think is kind of catching on and I think is, is, is growing more and more popular. And I think, I think it'll get there. Similar to soccer, you know, soccer, there are a lot of different, you know, the, the, the culture kind of drives the way the game is played, right? You see the game played a much different way and, you know, within certain cultures than in others. Are you, are you seeing the same from futsal? Like, are they, do you, are, are we assuming they're playing it a lot different with Rose city in Portland than they are in Texas and kind of what, what I guess style of futsal is most common here in the twin cities? Good question. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm in a position to really speak on, I think those that I mentioned, cause I haven't, yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't really seen them for myself, you know, outside of, you know, social media, the internet. Mm-hmm. I think, I think here, I think, I think, I think the style of play is, is, is just in general, um, you know, attack oriented and creative. I think it's, I think it's playing, it's playing quick and playing like, playing like a stylish, a stylish brand. Playing with you know, some I swag. Think, yeah, and I think you know, playing with some sauce. I, yeah, I think it's. I think that's what. I think that's what it, it it encourages, and that's what I mean. I think, you know, I like to. I like to nerd out about soccer in any way, and I think to me, it's, to me, it's it's a very it's a very expressive, um, game, and I think futsal futsal can be that, as well. And I think if you're you know if player if you if you've played before, you know that, you know that feeling when you when you find a rhythm and kind of get lost in what you're doing. And I think that's, that's kind of what, that's kind of what futsal allows you to do. And it's, it's style as well. So you're wearing a, uh, an arsenal hat. I take it. You're a gunner supporter. Yes. It's been a rough, it's been covered, a rough... Co- can't, can't see it on the pod, but you covered the mouth almost like you didn't want to talk about it. It's been a rough go of it. Yeah. No, I can't, can't speak too much on it. You know, at the moment, it's you know fresh. Another another fresh coming off another fresh loss. You know, yeah. six thirty, six thirty time. You know, it kind of sets the tone for for your weekend. <laughs> That's the late. thing, man. If you get those early games, like I'm an Everton fan, and uh, you know, sometimes those early games they can either they can either really kick off your day the right way if they go well, but man, they can just sort of ruin a Saturday or a Sunday if it's just not a good performance. So. It's tough. I mean, I'm hope. I hope. Uh, I mean, I think. I think we can still make top six. I don't know if I don't. I don't. Th- I think top four is out of the question. But I think. I think it's just been. 
you know, I think there's with these managers, like with these big managers, like Wenger and Ferguson, it leaves a big wake. You know, they do so much yeah. for the club, and it's hard. It's hard to replace. And so we'll see. I mean, I believe in I believe in Arteta, and I think we got some good play, young players. Saka's been playing really well. So I hope. Uh, I hope we can. I hope we can ride out the rest of the season, and then kind of keep, keep, keep. Uh, you know, with a steady, steady upward climb from there. I think the thing with Arteta is 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 he going to get the opportunity to see this through, right? I mean, we saw it with Lampard. It's like th- this day and age, man. The, these owners and and the the higher ups are so quick to pull the plug if they think it's not working. It's like it doesn't really provide that opportunity for continuity and for consistency. So you you think though that Arteta can be can be a good manager if he's given the opportunity to kind of see this through? It's a good point. You, you 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 make a good point. I mean, I think I think so. I think I think you give until the end of the season. But I also think the own goals and the red cards have to stop. It's yeah. just yeah, it's it's that's out wild. of control. And that that's like there's no way around of it. It's you can't you can't be in tenth place or thirteenth, fourteenth place and scoring own goals and getting red cards. Like yeah. it's it's got to stop. Hey. It- We've both been we've both benefited from uh, Manchester United's uh, incompetency uh, at times this year for sure. Uh, I at the end of that Man U Everton match this weekend, I just laughed. I was like, because going in, I'm like, the only way that we're gonna get something out of this is if Man U goes full Man U and like gifts us this match. And lo and behold, very last kick they did, and I didn't even cheer. Honestly, I just laughed. I was like, this is. This is like so ridiculous. I know that's it's just the in, the inconsistency. And I, I I watched part of that game too. And Man U was just they I were like dominant for a while. Like I I turned I'm not gonna lie I turned it over for probably a good 25 30 minutes in that first half. I was like this, they're just absolutely just eviscerating us right now. Yeah. And then halftime hit and you come out of the gates firing and then you hang on and then. DCL finds the ball at his feet and tucks it away at the 94th minute. It was awesome. I know. Perfect, perfect timing. Oh man. Well, um, this interview is airing uh, a few weeks after it was recorded. So if you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, uh, it, it happened in the premier league in early February. So uh, a little bit outdated in that talk, but that's okay. Uh, one last question here for you, Caleb, before we get you out of here. Uh, in terms of futsal society, what are your plans here? Obviously, COVID depending for 2021. Any big plans or any any plans to, you know, as, as we move forward into the year? Yeah, we're going to definitely. I mean, like, like I said, we're we're cautiously optimistic with, you know, you know, everything health related, you know, to the pandemic. <clears throat> but we're going to we're going to get our high school youth league uh, going this week. Um, and then we're going to have free pickup opportunities starting um, for high schoolers this week as well. So we're, we're, we're just getting started. Um, and I'm, like I said, I think it's an, it's an important time, I think, to offer these, these opportunities, mm-hmm. just because I think, you know, if, if kids, kids, kids are, kids have kind of gone through it, you know, over the yeah. past, 10 some of plus these kids, one. Th- those financial hurdles are even higher than they've ever been, right? We talked about just in general financial, uh, you know, issues in terms of accessibility and stuff. Those are even more so highlighted in the middle of a pandemic. So, agreed. right, exactly. So I think you know the goal with that is get get some kids active and 
you know, having fun safely. And then, you know, we'll see, we'll see kind of how that goes. We're, uh, we, uh, we, this summer we had, or last summer we had, uh, we ran a camp for kids and just trainings for kids in the mornings at Elliott Park downtown, um, eight to eight to 10. So we'll probably, we'll probably be doing something similar, you know, kind of COVID permitting again, um, this summer. Um, but otherwise, but otherwise, yeah, I think the most excited about getting some programming going at Whittier this week, we're going to be doing, or we got a grant, um, to provide, you know, free pickup futsal opportunities for kids. That's awesome. Yeah. So excited about that. And then we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to be doing some more programming, um, with, uh, futsal's female, uh, a program that we'll be introducing, um, later on this spring. So yeah, excited about those things. I think we're just going to kind of keep going with that. I think bigger, 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 longer term goals are, um, you know, just to provide more and more free, free opportunities to kids and, uh, and, and just get more people playing soccer, being active, being healthy, and just learning what learning some of those things just from, from team, from team sports, you know, that, that make it such a, such a positive uh, and at times magical thing. And we'll be more than happy to uh, amplify that message and spread the word in terms of what you guys are doing on our social channels. But if somebody wants to get in touch with you directly, find out more about you, interact with you, where they can find, where can they uh, find you guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, Futsalsociety.org is our website. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram uh, at, at Society. Hit us up on Twitter um, at Futsal Society and or on Facebook. So uh, feel free to reach out. We'd love to love to hear from you and tell you more about what we're doing. Fantastic. Caleb Crossley, founder and owner of Futsal Society, doing great things in the Whittier neighborhood of Minneapolis. Thank you so, so much for the time, man. I really do appreciate it. Cool. Thanks a lot for, for having us, Jeremy. That interview on 10,000 Pitches was presented by our friends at PodMN. I want you to go to your Apple App Store or your Google Play Store, whatever kind of phone you have, and type in PodMN, P-O-D-M-N. Hit that download button. And when you go there, I want you to search for Minnesota soccer. You will find that in that dropdown, you have all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts right there in one place. I'm looking right now. We have Sound of the Loons, Crafty Rogues, Equal Time Soccer. Uh, we call it soccer. The Minnesota Soccer Podcast, 55-1, the Daves I Know, all right there. One-stop shopping for all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts. And also, I got to admit, 10,000 Pitches is on there too. And it's more than just soccer. It's more than just sports. They have Vikings, Twins, Gophers, Timberwolves podcasts. They have local true crime story podcasts, local news podcasts, local entertainment podcasts from Minnesota creators, Minnesota podcasters, all in one app. And I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. The best part is that you can actually win prizes just for listening to podcasts. Go to your Apple App Store or Google Play Store, download PodMN, and go to PodMN.com to learn more. Thanks again to Caleb uh, for taking some time to talk futsal with us this week on the pod. Back here with Ethan. And uh, if you could, Ethan, as I bring up the music, you listened last week and you heard the music, right? Yeah, of course. What'd you think of the music? Yeah, it, was, it fits, it was, right? Fits. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So if you if you can't already tell if you're listening, we don't play the music live on the podcast here. I, I edited in 
uh, in post-production, so Ethan can't actually hear it while he's reading the review, but now that he's actually heard it in a previous episode and actually listened to the podcast in his free time, uh, he, he knows what it sounds like, so he knows how to sort of like meet the tempo and the cadence now. Of course. All right, hit us with it. All right, uh, from Gary, uh, not going to read his last name for uh, uh, confidentiality purposes. Um, he said in his subject, worth a listen. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then the rest of it went, if you haven't already, the 10K Pitches Pod is worth a listen. Learn oh. about Minnesota soccer and have some fun. And that was five stars. So thank you very much, Gary. And once again, if you want to have your review read on the pod, um, go ahead, leave a review at applepodcast.com or the app. Um, and like we always say, a lot of stars, a little bit of words. That's what Thanks we again, like. Gary. That's what we like. Uh, I think uh, we said this last week, but I think Gary's is a more prime example. Like it's descriptive without without being too wordy, right? It's very concise, it's to the point, but still really paints a picture of uh, Gary's experience while he's listening to 10,000 pitches. So thank I, you, Gary. I, thank you, Gary. Um, I do, if you took away the stars there though, you said worth a listen. That <laughs> really bode well. That's but got we'll a lot of, that actually, that title does have a lot of like three star energy to it. Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, worth a listen. That's big two and a half star energy. Um, Not two and a half. It's at least a three. I always, I always wonder, like, like what after, at what point, you know, in the episode or at what episode did they leave the review? You know, like, yeah. I guess my thing is, like, if you're gonna leave a review at like a restaurant, let's say, like, like on Google or like Yelp. Like and you had just a miserable experience. Like you found a hair in your burger at your lo- local Applebee's, and you got a little back sass from your waiter. Like, and the the fries you ordered were cold. Um, I I think I would leave my review as I'm in sitting in the car. Like I'm just that fed up. I'm just yeah. I'm just that fired up that my Applebee's was slightly below standard. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't leave reviews on restaurants, so I've never been that swayed, like for or against. Have you ever seen though those like professional Yelp reviewers, who are like yeah, certified weird. Yelp reviewers and the types of reviews they leave? I I guess I haven't dove in that deep into it, but I, I think well, the whole idea. Okay, of it. so part of my day job is like managing like Yelp and Google accounts for for small businesses yeah so sometimes you get like a review from like a a certified yelp reviewer or whatever and it's like a it's like a it's like a novel there i was down on my luck broken down on the side of the road and like a beacon like a beacon of hope there i saw it in the distance bob's car care and i knew everything was gonna be okay and it's like oh my gosh (laughs) like thank you for the review but did you have to be that dramatic about it that's why they get paid the big bucks. You know what I mean? I'm sure. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they're just raking in, raking in the money from Yelp. Uh, anyways, that felt that felt backhanded, Jeremy. That felt like that felt like you applied for that job at one point and you didn't get it. That's that's kind of something I just, you apply for. I feel like I would just guess. like basically like have to leave X amount of reviews and all of a sudden, well, it's you, like, boom. From what you just said about uh, Bob's car care, from whatever reviewer you read, like. 
you gotta have some talent to do that no i mean i i i respect it don't get me wrong but also like trying to leave a response that really matches the effort that reviewer put in like you're basically like creating more work for the person responding to the review really trying to match that energy you know you know interestingly okay this will come full full circle in in school these days they have us responding to a lot of discussion posts so you know they'll ask us a question and you have you know you have to respond in 200 words and i and i think it's just garbage i think it's a waste of time (laughs) and then and then to make it worse they'll tell you you need to respond to people's responses like you need like so someone else said something and you need to respond like i said i think it's trash like this last, this the most recent one I did. I, I, we were talking about. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Mine was, mine was garbage. It, it was a steaming pile of garbage, um, and all the responses that I left were equally as bad. Um, but hey, now I know that there's a chance when I get in the workforce, I might need to respond to Yelp reviews, and I'm happy I've had this experience uh, in you know over the course of my college education. Congratulations. Um, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I, I hope you get that opportunity. I really do. It was pretty funny what I said, admittedly. Um, I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, what glad. I said, it was funny. I'm glad. Do you want me to read it? Like, I can pull it up yeah, right go now. Go ahead. I mean, you've, you, we've come this far. So, go okay. Ahead and read it. Uh, I got to pull it up. I'm on my, like, uh, my blackboard. Okay. So, while you're doing that, let's tell you about some upcoming uh, on field action on tap in the Minnesota soccer scene. Uh, Minnesota women's soccer season continues. Um, They play a match actually uh, here on Thursday, but that match will have been uh, completed by the time the pod airs. So, by the time you're listening to this podcast, their next match will be Monday, March 1st at Michigan. Um, And then uh, in the virtual soccer scene, as we said, the lower league ECOP. E-cop, E-cup, Xbox premier final between uh, Max Stigwert and Minneapolis City. Uh, they will take on the winner of DeKalb County and Metro Louisville at a day and time to be determined. All right. You got that? Uh, go, go. Got that um, discussion post? Yeah, no, I don't know. It's probably not as funny as I thought it was. I'm not going to read it. It's like, I think I built it up too much where now people are expecting something funny and it, it'll just, it'll miss. Um but what I did talk about there was I was listening to the local radio and um, which I don't do often. And I heard some radio, like radio host talk about a new movie, like coming out, like how they're developing movies for the GameStop uh, stock thing. And yeah. uh, they, these radio hosts genuinely thought you could write a movie, cast it, produce it, film it, distribute it you know the whole the whole shebang in a couple weeks like yeah, they, not, they were that's not possible i don't even i don't even think uh what's your what's your boy's name philly director m night Shyamalan. <laughs> i don't think m night Shyamalan could turn it around that fast like i know it was it was baffling and like admittedly i've said some dumb things here i've 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 said some i've had some real stinkers of episodes um but I'm also not getting I'm not getting paid and broadcasted over Dane County, you know, local Dane County, Madison area radio. Um, anyways, I don't know. So maybe I'm holding these guys to too high of a standard. <laughs> here I am. You might be. Uh, regardless, um, sorry, I'm not reading that. It was it probably wasn't funny. Um, That's okay. That's okay. Here's here's something you can read, Ethan. Uh, you can read about our partnership with Spam FC and tell the listeners about it. That's right. Shop spamfc.com. 
Um, they're doing great stuff, not only, uh, you know, soccer wise, but also in the community. They have their scholarship fund that I think the next round is starting up soon. So college kids can apply. You don't even need to play soccer. You just need to, uh, uh, you know, have been impacted by soccer, which I think we all have been. Um, and by purchasing from the website, you are supporting them in that mission to help support kids, um, you know, play soccer and go to college. So that is shopspamfc.com. Use code POD, P-O-D, for 10% off your first order. Not to mention the designs at shopspamfc.com. Are, are, are pretty sweet pretty nice looking stuff there ethan the design they, team did really well the design team did a great job spam's got a great logo um you know it's easy when they got a great logo they got a great ad team last week if you didn't listen go back listen to the ad uh they sent us an ad it was great um they they got a good copyright team over there they do they do their uh their advertising team their marketing teams on points and like i said like i said last week the guys that they got to do those voiceovers a plus you should really if you're looking for some voiceover work you need to hire those two reach out to uh reach out to us on twitter we'll we'll connect you with them yeah we'll get you hooked up we got the end we got... all right yeah. shots time zero one two or three you can't guess zero uh one one. All right. I'm going to shoot with my offhand this time. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting too good with my strong hand. Oh, I was really bad. He missed, by the way. You oh, can't see that. I got one more. I'm you, can't, you can't see it because obviously this is a, a visual uh, form of content. And he missed again. I got zero. I got zero. I shot with my offhand. Remember when he said I couldn't, I couldn't guess that? Yeah. Um, not like our well, listeners would know because they didn't see it. All right, next week you can guess zero again. Why? Why do you tell? Like you tell me, like every you know every pod you you tee me up with. Hey, you know let's keep the basketball talk to a minimum, and then you come here and shoot basketball like this. I don't know. It's my podcast. I can do that. It, 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 admittedly, it's your podcast, and I will I will tur- return to my place as a co-host, and uh, you you pick what we talk about. My bad. Do you hear me? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. I'm just kidding, Ethan. Uh, but yes, thank you so much to everybody who listens. Thank you, Caleb Crossley from Futsal Society for joining the show this week. Thank you, Ethan Brandt, for uh, you know your your assistance and your contribution to the episodes. Could not do it without you. Uh, thank you, Spam. Thank you, Bateau. Uh, and again, thank you, listeners. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. Um, you know, more exciting stuff on the way. And have a good week, guys. Thanks, Stimulus Athletic as well. StimulusAthletic.com. Don't forget to go there. Bye. I don't know what percent of our audience is looking out for, for the new Drake, you know?
I guess I'm, you know, happy to keep people young, but it, it was a cool song. Like it leaked a while ago and we finally got the full thing. So. Um, Is it hot? Is it going to go straight to the top of the charts? No, no, it's just a feature. Like it, it won't do that well, but. My best friend's wife went to Drake. And uh, so she was there for the whole Drake to Drake thing. Oh yeah. I got to, I got, I got to show you a picture. Yeah, no, I remember that pretty well. I remember he showed up. He like he had a concert in Des Moines or something. Then he yeah. Then he, then he went to he showed up at like a, a sorority house and nobody was awake. Yeah, he showed up at like two a.m. Yeah. So here is a picture of me. Like I'm, I'm like right there. Can you? I don't know if you can see me right there. Okay. That's me on the Drake University sign. Yeah. And Drake took that exact same picture. 